0: Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Samuels vs. Schlanger. I'm Layton Samuels, I am Layton Schlanger, and I'm gonna go ahead and stop you before you start. Why? Why are you already stopping me? I just want to lament about how terrible our calls were. Like, God, those flex plays just... Oh, okay, so you're gonna jump right in. Look, bro, forget, just calm down. Look, this is fantasy football. We're never gonna be right... One hundred percent of the time, it's just not going to happen. Well, you know, we could at least be right. Like God, we were spot on uh, two weeks ago, and then we were like mixed last week. At least, at least you did good. I, I did like garbage, and then this week we both did terribly. Oh, we okay, we. We had some misses. Yes, I, I thought that Le'Veon Bell was going to have a much better game than 1.3 fantasy points. Yes, exactly. And I keep telling you, not... <laughs> Not to support Le'Veon Bell or Clyde Edwards Alaire. They split 13 touches between the two of them. Le'Veon Bell only got five of those touches. CEH CEH only got eight touches. Yes, but but Clyde Edwards Alaire turned that into 12.4 fantasy points. Which is good, sure. But on eight touches, that's also lucky. That's also getting getting a touchdown. Like, boom, but getting touchdowns is something that Kansas City does very well. Again, we're talking about process of the thing. And I think my decision to... Oh, well, okay. My decision to support those running backs in that setting is not a wrong decision. Yes, but it... it, it we might have those days from Clyde Edwards-Alaire. And honestly, you might be right. We might have those days from Le'Veon Bell. But until they prove that they can turn less than 15 running back touches between the two of them total into consistent production, like, I don't think you can keep Le'Veon Bell in your flex. This is the second, second, second time in a row that he's burned you. Yeah, I know, I know. Well, no, it's not the second time he's burned me, but... He, he, I have been vouching for him and he has done nothing in his first two full games with the team, but you also, you didn't have that great of a co- I know I didn't have that great of a call. Co- I'm, I'm like, well, Michael P. Ryan got 5.8 fantasy points, which isn't great. He was my flex play. I believed in him. And yet he had six fewer carries than Frank Gore. He had half the carries that Frank Gore had and somehow they had the exact same same passing game usage. You see, but but hold on, but, but the Jets were playing from ahead against the New England Patriots, and nobody could have predicted that. You, like, you were expecting them to be playing from behind, and that would make sense. But, uh, you know, they kept Frank Gore in there to try to run down the clock, and that didn't work for them. So, you know, like... Again, you can beat yourself up about these picks, except it doesn't change the fact that, like, y- you made the right choice and it turned out wrong. And look, we got Brandon Cooks right. You got Brandon Cooks right. I know. I got Brandon Cooks right. Man, I got to bring back Samuels is wrong. I, like, I need to start making fun of you again, bro, because... Uh, (laughs) but I do need my picks to go better I can't do Samuels is wrong when I called Le'Veon Bell as my flex play and he got 1.3 points but Brandon Cooks was spot on he got you 17.3 fantasy points and the thing is he could have had an even bigger game he led the Texans in targets uh, and it wasn't even close like he had nine targets the next closest was Will Fuller with five targets, but then again, Will Fuller, of course, gets the production. He gets 21 fantasy points um, to Brandon Cooks's 17.3 because Will Fuller caught a higher percentage of his passes and also also got a very long touchdown, just like Brandon Cooks did. So, you're happy with Brandon Cooks? You're really happy with his usage? Four games in a row, uh, he is leading the Texans in targets. If you have Brandon Cooks, keep running him out there. The Texans are going to keep passing the ball. I think Brandon Cooks is a solid flex play or RB, or sorry, wide receiver too for the rest of the season. And you made a good call too. I, I Devontae Parker gets you twelve point four fantasy points, which will not ruin your week. Um, like freaking Justin Jackson. Why, why <laughs> Yes, we. I, I know Justin Jackson ruined your week. You're talking about De- Devontae Parker. Yes, yes, I am. um, Devontae Parker gets you 12.4 fantasy points, which isn't bad, and he did lead the team in targets, but that was also after Preston Williams went down. Like, I wonder, uh, we know Ryan Fitzpatrick had great chemistry with Devontae Parker at the beginning of the season, but now they have Tua Tagovailoa, and Tua seemed to look for Preston Williams early and often. It wasn't until Preston Williams went down that Devontae Parker caught up with him in targets. Um, and ended up saving his day. 12.4 fantasy points really isn't bad, especially without a touchdown. So that wasn't a bad call. Chase Claypool, also who we talked about, got to do 15.3 fantasy points, but he was ranked 20 on Yahoo, so that was a little bit of a cheat. Um, He was kind of in that wide receiver two section, but that goes to show you, like... Chase Claypool, I think at this point, I know I was saying the opposite two weeks ago and saying Deontay Johnson was still the guy, but I think Chase Claypool is the the Pittsburgh wide receiver you want to roll out there every single week. Um, Mike Williams gets you 13.1 fantasy points. You see, so that was a wrong call, technically. So Samuels is wrong. Uh, Mike Williams, boom or bust. <laughs> and you are right. You're all right. He neither boomed, nor did he bust. He got you... Right down the middle, 13.1 fantasy points, but like that's that's honestly what you're hoping for from Mike Williams because you know that he can boom um, big time, and like he had seven targets in this game, and he he had a bit of an injury, so we'll we'll have to keep an eye on that. But he was second on on the team in targets behind Keenan Allen, uh, tied with with Hunter Henry, um, which honestly gives you some confidence in Hunter Henry going forward. But Mike Williams, great call. Um, see, you can pat yourself on the back. Why are you being so nice to me, man? I don't know. I don't like to see you get down on yourself. You, you're good. (laughs) My fantasy teams are not good. Um, and finally, the last call that we had as a long shot was Antonio Brown. And he was a long shot. He got you 16 point, or sorry, 6.1 fantasy points. But he did have five targets. Um, but uh, Tampa Bay had a weird game. They had four players with six targets, Fournette, Evans, Gronk, and Godwin. And those were the four guys that we were talking about that have owned the highest uh, target percentage in this offense. Uh, And they were the guys that Antonio Brown was going to be competing with. Um, So it's good to see that Antonio Brown is already only one behind all of them. It's strange that every single one of them had six. And I think that's kind of how Tom Brady is moving forward, spreading things out. But Five targets in his first game, I think that is a good positive step and you are confident if you own Antonio Brown right now. Well then, um, let me ask you this. Uh, do you like Antonio Brown more or do you like Chase Claypool more? Uh, I'd probably go with Claypool just because you're talking about like two and a half wide receivers splitting those targets in, in Pittsburgh and in Tampa Bay, you've got three wide receivers, a tight end and a running back all, all sharing those targets um so uh so yeah i would take chase claypool over antonio brown i would take brandon cooks over antonio brown at least for now um yeah antonio brown so i still don't trust him yeah it's a, that, that's that was a good question that you asked me because it has led me to the fact i still do not trust antonio brown moving forward quite yet quite yet he could very well prove it next week he is Still maybe one of the most talented running uh, wide receivers in the game. Um, we have not even hit our drop. We've been we've been talking about football already a lot., ah, we were catching up on the Flex plays. That's what we always do. But, um, you know what? I still hate this drop, so you can go ahead and introduce it. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Um, we've got more football to talk about. We're, we're recapping with some running back notes, some wide receiver notes. Uh, and of course, we have our waiver claims for the week. Hit that drop. This is the drop. This is the drop. This This is the drop. drop. Samuels versus Schlager. Oh, this is going to be brutal. Ba-bam-ba-bam-bam. There we go. All right, we have some. Let's go ahead and start with the running back notes. Um, We're going to take this kind of position by position today instead of game by game for our recap. Um, And starting things off, kicking things off, um, you, oh gosh, you heard me uh, lament about it earlier. I had a lot of stakes in Austin Eckler, which means I have a lot of stakes in Justin Jackson, which means I had a bad day on Sunday. Guy gets injured before even registering a touch. Zero points. Um, I I was starting him in literally... Every single week. People don't care about your team and who you are starting. Let's get to the freaking fantasy analysis, bro. <laughs> yeah, Okay, um, I'm gonna be lamenting over here and you can get to the fantasy analysis. Fine, man, you're making me work. Okay, so the good thing is with Justin Jackson down, um, of course, you know, Joshua Kelly picks up right No, no, of course he doesn't because Kalen who was just added to the team or something like that. Friggin' 15 carries to Joshua Kelly's nine. 69 yards to Joshua Kelly's 28. Averages 4.6 yards per carry to Joshua Kelly's 3.1. And Kalen Bellage gets the touchdown on the ground. And not only that, he's also used in the passing game, catching two of his three targets. And sure, Joshua Kelly gets five targets um, over uh, Kalen Bellage's three. And Joshua Kelly does catch all five of those for 31 yards. But J- J- Kalen Bellage was the guy they trusted more. Joshua Kelly is... Clearly the third string guy. Well, I guess fourth string, because you're talking Austin Eckler first. Justin Jackson is the clear number two when he's healthy, which apparently he never is. And last week at the at the at the third string, they had Troy Main Pope, who out-touched Joshua Kelly out of nowhere. And then this week you have Kalen Balage, who out-touches Joshua Kelly out of nowhere. Like clearly I mean, clearly the Chargers are not confident in Joshua Kelly, which means if Justin Jackson is out, it's whoever is not Joshua Kelly that's going to get the the majority of those uh, of those touches at running back. And you know, I don't know what this says about the future because apparently Justin Jackson, they they put a brace on him and they said that he was he would be good to go if they needed him. But clearly they didn't need him or they didn't feel like he was good enough to go. So are they going to try to plan? Are they going to game plan for him next week knowing full well that he could just, you know, be injured? Or, you know, do they take Kaelin Balazs and and run with him? Um, These are the questions that the Los Angeles Chargers have put to us. Do you please get out of the corner? Stop crying about your fantasy team and come talk to us about the LA Chargers. Do you... Have any rhyme or reason to their to their running back situation? I, gosh, I, I don't. I don't. um, You know, this is something that Austin Eckler owners have been trying to balance and juggle technically since week one when we were confused by Austin Eckler's usage in week one, and then he was finally getting his usage uh, before he got injured, and then he got injured, and now, you know... We were thinking it was Joshua Kelly, and then it was Justin Jackson, but then Justin Jackson got injured, so then it was Joshua Kelly, but then Justin Jackson got injured again, and then it was Troy Mayne-Pope, and now it's Kalen Balage. and it's it's a mess, and honestly, the best I can I can say at this point is, like, I try to avoid it. The The Dolphins have a sneaky good defense. We just watched uh, Chase Edmonds struggle against him, and we'll, we'll get to Chase Edmonds in a second, but we just watched... Uh, Arizona running backs struggle against the Dolphins. So I don't know if you want to be starting an LA Chargers running back next week. And we're just fingers crossed that Austin Eckler gets healthy soon. Um, and this is actually the perfect transition because we do want to talk about Chase Edmonds. Chase Edmonds, this was a shot. We've been saying all season long, like, what happens if we free Chase Edmonds? Because Kenyon Drake has been ineffective and Chase Edmonds has been effective. Well, the problem is, without Kenyon Drake, they just used Chase Edmonds like Kenyon Drake. And Arizona, yes, they are one of the run-heaviest teams in the league. They they are actually second in the league in both rushing attempts and rushing yards per game. Uh, But... That's all Kyler Murray. They can't get their running backs going, and and that's that's a, it's a it's a real bummer for us who uh, who have stock in their running backs. Uh, Chase Edmonds only averaged two point eight yards per carry with Drake out, which is a very Kenyon Drake number considering Kenyon Drake on the season. Well, I guess I guess not on the season. On the season, he's actually doing okay. He's got 4.3 yards per carry on the season. But uh, last, last time we saw the Cardinals, um, he averaged 2.4 yards per carry in that game. So, like, the, the Cardinals are clearly having trouble scheming for their running backs. And their running game is just going to come from Kyler Murray. Um, and Chase Edmonds' usage was huge, like, and again, 11.8 fantasy points, it doesn't ruin your week, but when you get 28 touches, and you only get, and you only formulate 11.8 fantasy points, like, and only three of those were targets, so he wasn't even being used in the passing game, like, it's weird, it's weird that they just, like, took Chase Edmonds and tried to fit him into Kenyon Drake's game instead of using Chase Edmonds like Chase Edmonds and getting him out in open space with passing the ball to him. Like three targets. Three targets for Chase Edmonds with 25 rush attempts. It's, it's madness. And Cliff Kingsbury is supposed to be this offensive guru, but it seems that, it, that that applies to quarterback only. And a lot of that is just Kyler Murray's natural talent as well. So we're going to keep an eye on the Arizona Cardinals... Running backs, we, we seem to update you on them every single week and uh, we'll see. We'll see if Drake plays uh, this coming weekend if he does, well, it'll be an interesting timeshare. But if he doesn't, we'll get another opportunity to see if Chase Edmonds can take this thing and run with it. Uh, speaking of taking things and running with it, uh, <laughs> we talked about the Buffalo Bills running backs last um, Friday. So, do you wanna do you wanna talk about them now? I sure do, uh, because Zach Moss has taken a step ahead. These. These were a couple of those guys that we were saying is like a perfect 50-50 split. And it looked like that. Last week, that's exactly what it looked like. And by exactly, I mean exactly 50-50 split in touches. But now, Zach Moss seems to be the guy. He had 11 touches to Singletary's five. Um, clearly out, um, out touching him in the running game. Um And Singletary yes got one more target than him, but Zach Moss was still involved in the passing game with two targets. And the only the only confusing thing is Singletary was clearly being used uh, closer to the end zone for the for over for more than half of the game. Um, he got the first touch inside the 15. Uh, he caught a pass from from, uh, from Josh Allen on their second drive of the of the day. Uh, it ended up in a Tyler Kraft touchdown pass, but, um, but Devin Singletary got the first shot in first and goal from the 15. Um, he also had the first shot to run the ball in uh, in their first drive in the second half from the two-yard line. So clearly... Clearly, it's not that they don't trust Singletary. It's not that they don't want Singletary. Like, because he still got a, a carry inside the two-yard line. And then Zach Moss just made it happen later on when it was his turn. He had one shot from the one-yard line and it, and he got it, um, which is what we see in the fantasy box score. But this is an actual question. Like, what does this feel like to you, Samuels? So it, it, it feels... It feels actually more game flow than game script. And I think this is, this is something that Devin Singletary owners can be confident in. It felt like Zach Moss was the guy that they went with because that's what the game was saying, not because they went into the game with the idea that Zach Moss is more their guy than Devin Singletary. Because Devin Singletary started off this game, and it's not like Devin Singletary did anything egregious to lose the confidence of the team. It's just how the game flow went and Zach Moss was fresher later on and and so that's just how it went. So I do think even though you even though you say correctly like Zach Moss had this game and he seems like the guy to own. I think this is still more of a 50-50 split. I don't think this is something where like Zach Moss is the guy moving forward and we can start him with confidence it is still definitely a split backfield. Now, moving on real quick to more of our running back notes. Running back notes. We're smart like that, we keep notes. That's why this is the running back notes. Uh I know we just declared last week that that Alvin Kamara was our midseason MVP, but Dalvin Cook is the midseason MVP. He's taken it. The, one week later he's already taken it. And like if this was any more than one week later, I wouldn't bother to take the time to just like shift this out. But sorry, Kamara, you're out. And Dalvin Cook, you're in. Thirty-nine point two fantasy points, puts up another two hundred yards on the ground, like an absolute monster. And that is all I have to say about Dalvin Cook. Who do you got next in your notes? In my notes, I have David Montgomery. And actually, I am going to pass this one back to you because you've been the one talking about David Montgomery and vouching for David Montgomery, vouching for the guy that got you only 7.2 fantasy points. Samuels is wrong yet again. I know. I know. Um, But here's the thing. The process is right. The thought process is correct. David Montgomery is still just owning the touches in that offense. He got 17 touches. Like, that's not bad. You will take 17 touches every single day of the week. They only play on Sundays, Thursdays, and Mondays. (laughs) Fine, fine. You will take 17 touches any day that they play football. And sure, Ryan Nail came in and vultured the passing touchdown, actually, but like, it's not like Ryan Nail became their pass-catching back in Chicago. David Montgomery got three targets. Ryan Nail got four targets. Like, David Montgomery is still the guy. And I know their easy schedule was supposed to start with Tennessee as far as defenses go. But you know what? Tennessee's defense came out to play. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Oh, maybe that Chicago's offense is, is absolute garbage and that's going to hold David Montgomery back from reaching his ceiling? Maybe you can tell them that because that's certainly what it looks like. The Chicago Bears offense is struggling, yes, and Nick Foles has not been an improvement to Mitchell Trubisky, really, which is a problem um, because you need to get the passing game going in today's football in order to get the running game going. But David Montgomery, again, Tennessee's defense came to play. Mike Vrabel, their head coach, is still a defensive-minded head coach. I feel like they could game plan a, a strong defensive plan against any team on any given week, even if their defense hasn't been great this whole season. So it's going to happen moving forward. And if anything, hey, congratulations. Now you can get David Montgomery for even less because his owners will be panicking even more. Get David Montgomery on the cheap, cheap if 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 their owner is scared and you think you can get him. So uh, moving on to wide receiver notes. Um, but first, a note from our from our episode sponsors. That's right. We have a live read. Um, you got the last one. I'll take this one. Do you have trouble being responsible with your money? Do you often find yourself buying avocado toast when you know you should just go without breakfast instead like a real American?' Well, leave your money saving to our kitty bank. That's right. Kitty bank. Piggy banks are a relic of a lost age, but our actual real live cats are cutting edge in personal economics. Our completely untrained cats are literally just regular cats. Give them your money, they might hide it somewhere or just look really cute as they completely ignore you and your pitiful offerings, and boom, no more frivolous spending. The best part is, if you use the promo code SVS, you can get a free upgrade to a tiger. That's right, a full-grown tiger in a green visor will handle all of your financial needs. Kitty bank. Batteries not included. (laughs) Why would batteries come with a real live cat? I don't know, dude. We record these the night before and it's getting really late, so I just have ideas and they pop into my head. And kitty bank. It's, it's just a cat. <laughs> it's a cat dealing with money. You need to get some sleep, my friend. We have more football to get to. We have wide receiver notes uh, to go along with our previous running back notes. I will go ahead and dive into those, starting with DJ Moore. Panic. Panic. This isn't the panic or patience section, but I'm telling you, panic. This guy, my gosh, only 3.8 fantasy points this past week, but even worse, he only got three targets. He got three targets. The guy who was supposed to be the number one pass catcher in this Carolina offense, he got three targets in this game. That was three targets fewer than Mike Davis who you might remember is now the second string running back because Christian McCaffrey was back and Mike Davis still got three more targets than freaking DJ Moore. If you have DJ Moore, you can't trade him. You just kind of got to panic and try to pick up Curtis Samuel, but we will get to that later. Do you got some wide re- wide receivers you want to talk about? I do. We're going we're gonna to talk about two at once right here. That would be the Vikings wide receivers. Neither of their top two guys, neither Justin Jefferson nor Adam Thielen, get you double-digit fantasy points. At least Jeff- Justin Jefferson got close. He got 9.4. Adam Thielen only got you 5.8 fantasy points. And why not? We just talked about Dalvin Cook and how Dalvin Cook... Ran for 206 yards. You, if, you, if you run for 206 yards against the Detroit Lions, you're not going to need to throw the ball. Kirk Cousins threw the ball 20 times still. Um, he just spread the ball around, uh, which is interesting. And plus, you know, Dalvin Cook and Amir Abdullah got some of those. So, like, you know, just 20, 20 pass attempts is not enough to support these wide receivers. And, and here's the problem is... This is gonna be their game plan going forward. Like, like the Vikings are winning games because Dalvin Cook is cooking. Um, now they have the Bears next week, so that is a they, the Bears have a top ten run defense, so I expect them to pass a little bit more. I'm gonna be a little bit higher on both Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen this week. But after that, they get the Cowboys, they get the Panthers, they get the Jags. Those are three teams that you only need to run on. Now, granted, Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs uh, decided to pass on the Panthers, but the Kansas City Chiefs pass on whoever they want. They just pass the ball because they can, not because they need to. Um, But uh, I have a feeling the Vikings are just going to run over those three teams, which might mean tough weeks for Thielen and Jefferson uh I think what that means is Thielen is more of a flex play and Jefferson might drop into like the wide receiver three or four um because Thielen is still I know Jefferson scored more in this game but Thielen is their number one wide receiver that's not changing uh I'm always going to rank him ahead of Jefferson But in games that you know they can win on the ground, you're going to need to start tempering expectations for both of those guys. Um, Another pass-catching group you wanted to talk about was the uh, Tennessee Titans. Yes, indeed. Um, And by pass-catching group, I mean A.J. Brown. And that's that's it. AJ freaking Brown. AJ Brown got you twenty one point one fantasy points this past weekend. Nine targets, super solid, especially in an offense that is a a run first offense. I know, um, but I mean, just like we talked about, how we're, we're worried that the Minnesota Vikings won't be able to run on the Chicago Bears. Uh, Derrick Henry couldn't get going, and when Derrick Henry doesn't get going, AJ Brown becomes the centerpiece of this offense. Now, the crazy thing to me. Is the guy who was number two in targets on this team. Because it wasn't Corey Davis who had three targets. It wasn't John o. Smith who only got two targets but got a touchdown. It was Anthony frickin Furksher. Firkser. Furkser? Firksher. It's Ferkkser. It was Anthony. Anthony's his name, right? (laughs) Yes, it is. My gosh. So, like, I don't know what is going on between Ferkser and Janu. Janu is clearly the most trusted in the... He keeps catching touchdown passes, but, like, six targets for Ferkser. Like, that's no small thing, especially when he's your number two. And Corey Davis puts up a goose egg because he got none of his three targets. A.J. Brown is the only consistent starter in the pass catchers of Tennessee that I want in my starting lineup every single week. We have one last wide receiver note before we move on to our waiver pickups, and that is uh, Brandon Ayuk. Yo, Brandon Ayuk didn't even play this week. I know he didn't, but (laughs) you know who did play was Richie freaking James. Richie James, who you might recall, outscored Devontae Adams on the week, which means to me... That that is Brandon Ayuk's role, especially for as long as Debo Samuel is out, which we don't know how much longer Debo Samuel is going to be out. I know there's there's talk that he he might be back somewhat soon, but for as long as he's out, like that's Brandon Ayuk's role. Kyle Shanahan even said going into that game, uh, losing Brandon Ayuk and Kendrick Bourne to COVID just before this game, he was like, "Well, great, 75% of these." These plays are scripted for Brandon Ayuk, and that was Richie James. That was the role that Richie James took on. That's the kind of usage Brandon Ayuk is going to get. I would be very confident in him moving forward for as long as Debo Samuel isn't around. They don't have George Kittle anymore either, so they need playmakers. Raheem Mostert is still out, so Brandon Ayuk is the guy. Start him with confidence moving forward. And with that, let us go ahead and move on to our waiver pickups for the week. Who's your number one guy? My number one guy actually played last night. And that would be Jacoby Myers, who got us 28.9 fantasy points uh, on Monday night. And I say got us as in like freaking nobody, bro. Nobody. Jacoby Myers is only rostered in 5.6% of ESPN leagues. He is so freaking available. And yet, this is a guy who has had double-digit fantasy points in each of the past three games. He's had double-digit targets from Cam Newton in each of the past two games. Finally, in New England, we have a pass catcher who has separated himself from the rest of the bunch. And yes, there was no Nikhil Harry. And... That makes a difference, but Nikhil Harry wasn't really doing anything. So I think this is now Jacoby Meyer's job. And Nikhil Harry might have just lost his potential job, which is crazy, because I don't think Damir Bird is going anywhere. He's he's a great gadget guy, extreme speed. He almost scored on that one long pass, um, in which he completely reversed the field and 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 almost made it to the pylon. Um But uh, so the mere bird isn't going anywhere, which means I think Jacoby Myers is just the guy. Uh, Definitely worth a pickup in deeper leagues. Uh, Who's your number one guy to pick up? Mine is actually someone who hasn't played in a while. And that is Alan Lazard who has been injured since week three, I believe, Uh, he played, yes, 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 he played in week three, Uh, he is available in almost 70% of leagues, and he will immediately slot in as the number two pass catcher in in Green Bay, and I know they haven't really had a great second pass catching option in Green Bay for years as far as I can think of. But we know Rodgers trusts Lazard. He's talked about it repeatedly. He's brought up Lazard by name repeatedly. And Green Bay is a top 10 passing team this year. They are top 10 in passing yards per game. And it can't all go to Adams. I know it has been. But eventually teams are just going to to double cover Adams every single time and force, uh, force Aaron Rodgers to go elsewhere. And it's going to be Lazard. He could potentially have immediate flex appeal there (laughs) to steal a a wonderful phrase from uh sunday mornings um I'm, i'm gonna go ahead and pass this off before i i risk any copyright infringement okay my my other guy and i know this might bother you a little bit over there samuels don't do it don't you don't you do it i'm gonna do it curtis samuel that's right Your long-lost brother, Curtis Samuel, 26.8 fantasy points this week, which is crazy because Christian McCaffrey was back. Curtis Samuel still got nine targets, even with Christian McCaffrey back, and now Christian McCaffrey's dealing with another injury? Curtis Samuel isn't going anywhere. He has had double-digit fantasy points in each of the past four games, and If we compare Curtis Samuel, the supposed number three option among receivers in this offense, and DJ Moore, the supposed number one option, even though it's definitely Robbie Anderson, uh, DJ Moore the past two weeks has scored 11.3 fantasy points total. Curtis Samuel the past two weeks has scored 48.2 fantasy points total averaging over 24 per game. Insane. And and Curtis Samuel is still available in almost 70% of ESPN leagues. Get him on your team. Get him on your team. It can't hurt, especially if you have DJ Moore. Start Curtis Samuel over DJ Moore every single time. Uh, You actually have a running back for us. I do. I do. I finally do. Only one this week um, for our waiver pickups, and that is J.D. McKissick, who who hit hit his spot. He hit his stride against the Giants, seventeen point two fantasy points. Clearly, Alex Smith loves to dump balls off. He's he has his whole career. He loves his his high percentage throws close to the line of scrimmage. Um, he he will give up on the long ball and just dump it off to his running back. And J.D. McKissick is going to be the guy that benefits the most from this. And I talked about this earlier. I talked about this is why I didn't like Antonio Gibson rest of season. Um and this past week Gibson has his day saved by a rushing touchdown, so he still manages to get you double digit fantasy points. But McKissick will be the guy when they're playing from behind and the Washington football team will be playing from behind. McKissick is going to have a ton of volume in that passing game. And just I know we talked about him earlier. Maybe look at Kalen Belage if Justin Jackson's uh, knee continues to bother him throughout the week. We know that Belage is ahead of Joshua Kelly, so if you're looking for the handcuff to the handcuff, it's Kalen Balazs, uh, but but monitor Justin Jackson, because I don't think Balazs is worth a pickup just outright. So... That concludes this one. This was actually <laughs> one of our uh, one of our quickest episodes, one of our shortest episodes in a while at only like 35 minutes. So um, so thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. As always, you can find us uh, on Twitter at lt schlammels. You can find us on the We Know Fantasy platform at We Know Fantasy on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, www.weknowfantasy.com. Great guys, great analysis, great everything at We Know Fantasy. You can also find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podcast Addict, Breaker, freaking everything. You can find us there. Thank you so much. We will see you on Friday. Thank you all.